Intelligent Medicine is sponsored in part by Chromadex, providing healthcare practitioners with a clinically proven vital resource to increase your patient's levels of NAD. NAD works at the cellular level to fuel energy production. It supports some 500 enzymatic pathways in the body. But many factors can cause NAD levels to drop, such as poor diet, alcohol consumption, lack of sleep, immune stress, overtraining, excess sun exposure, and stress. So it's important to supplement NAD reserves. Fortunately, there's a patent NAD precursor called niogen or nicotinamide riboside, which is the active ingredient in the cellular support supplement True Niogen Pro. Backed by nearly 100 published papers and multiple human studies, True Niogen Pro can safely and effectively elevate your patient's NAD levels. True Niogen Pro gives hardworking cells exactly what they need to perform at their best. To learn more about the research behind True Niogen Pro or to order, visit pro.trueniogen.com. That's true, spelled T-R-U, pro.trueniogen.com. And from now until June 30th, practitioners can get 10% off with coupon code HOFFMAN10. True Nigen Pro is cellular defense for life. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Questions come to radioprogram at AOL.com, and we've got quite the mailbag full of questions this week, so we'll get to questions soon. How you doing, Layla? Okay, it's cold out. It's cold. It's, it's yeah. the end of March. What well, gives? Calm. What's going it's on? It's supposed to go out like a lamb, coming like a lion and like, go out like a lamb. It was like What's 25 happened? degrees when I walked to I work know. this morning. It's crazy. Yeah. I had to wear long underwear. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I almost put away my winter clothes, but I'm glad I didn't. Oh, no, no, no. So, I don't do that until like the end of April. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of weird here. Those of you who are listening from Florida or California, you're saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> we're you know, in New York. Yeah, we're in New York. And so, uh, which is, it's especially cruel for me because I was in Phoenix with like perfect weather. Oh, you know, nice. If and I, dry. If I could have set a thermostat for the, the external temperature, it was just not too hot, not too cold. It was mm-hmm. in, you know, blue That's skies, right. light breeze, low humidity. Goldilocks weather. Yeah. And then I came here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I really got whipsawed because I came back and it was 70 here, only to now plummet to 25. Yeah. And then I this I think on, on Thursday or Friday is going to be like 70 here again. Yes. It's like... Ridiculous. It's like, I think the weather's going through menopause or something. Yeah, it's like it really is. having hot flashes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so, uh, so... Do you know yeah. what today is? Today being the first, this we record these uh, podcasts in advance, but we're mm-hmm. publishing this podcast on three thirty twenty-two. What day is this, Layla? Three thirty twenty-two. It is the second day uh-huh. of our special full script sale. Oh yes, the yeah. full script sale. Yeah. So for so, some of you may wait a few days before you listen to the sale. It's only two days, uh, the 29th and the thirtieth. But for those of you who are Johnny on the spot. Download the podcast yeah. and listen to it today. You still have access to our uh, supplement store with a 10% discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you uh, mm-hmm. who are already receiving discounts get an extra 10% added to your discount. That's so, a great deal. Good point. Which you know, a lot of mm-hmm. people are stocking up. And I'm seeing a lot of people are, are mass ordering their whatever their True Niagen or their uh, yeah. uh, Orthomega fish oil or mm-hmm. you know whatever they order mm-hmm. uh, from Fullscript. So. Yeah, it's a good stuff. way to manage your supplements. Yeah. Uh, 
So as of today, mm-hmm. before we get into questions, uh, it is now, talk about paradigm changes. Hmm. It is now good to eat eggs, good to drink caffeinated coffee, and bad to drink alcohol. Mm, yes. Okay. So yeah. uh, in se- stories that sort of uh, coming together in confluence this week, uh, a study is showing that even caffeinated coffee is beneficial for the heart. You know, remember when Dr. Marcus Welby did the commercials for Sanka? I don't know if you remember far back enough, but he was... I remember watching the show Marcus Welby. I don't remember him being on a Sanka he, commercial. He did commercials for Sanka for uh-huh. decaffeinated coffee because people were really jangled and like uptight. And then he would come in with his soothing manner because, of course, he'd made house calls. He had it all the time in the world on his hands. So he would sure. come to people's houses and then he would tell them that, uh-huh. Maybe you should switch to Sanka, decaffeinated coffee. Well, it turns out that uh-huh. uh, if there was supposed to be any benefit for cardiac arrhythmias or for hypertension uh, or for uh, cardio protection, uh, that's not true because caffeine in the coffee is supposed to be good for you, according to the latest studies. Do you the caffeine is supposed to be good for even you? Even the caffeine. Even caffeine, yeah. I'm not buying it. Okay. And I'm not buying it either. And I'll tell you, I think part of the problem is that Show me somebody who is uh, 80 years old and hasn't had a heart attack and they're drinking a lot of caffeinated coffee, they're going to be in pretty good shape to be yeah. doing that, right? Absolutely. So I think it's it may be re- what's called reverse causation, uh. is that people who can't tolerate coffee get off coffee. And so in the studies, they have heart problems. And because they have heart problems, they don't drink coffee. Yeah. And it's a reverse causation. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking there is some rationale for believing that uh, that the polyphenols in coffee mm-hmm. are heart protective, just like yeah. polyphenols in cocoa are heart protective, or the resveratrol in wine is heart protective. Yes. But um, switching over to the topic of wine, you know, there, there's actually a history. Yeah. And I think the Times did an expose on this in 2018 mm. about the alcohol industry uh, influences research on the benefits of alcohol. And that may happen, you know, like if you, if there's study on the benefits of almonds, it, you know, it yeah. may be underwritten by the Almond Association. Yes. Or yes. if there's the benefits of avocados, it's, you know, by the Avocado mm-hmm. Association. But the, a much more powerful lobby is the alcohol industry, which oh, is a yeah. multi-billion dollar industry worldwide. And they sold us on the idea that wine was beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when they came out with, a, it was like a 2020 feature mm-hmm. where they were, uh, you know, they, they did a tour of France with the correspondent and they were talking about the French paradox. They introduced oh, yes. that term. And the French paradox became a marketing slogan for red wine. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the French paradox a yep. little bit. The, yep. the, the Glasgony region of France where they have the, a very fatty diet but very low rates of right. heart disease. And they said, hey, maybe it's the wine. Maybe it's the wine. Um, but there are many other factors. Mm. And so that led to the theory that there was a substance in wine that was heart protective, resveratrol. Yeah. It led to David Sinclair obtaining a $700 million investment from GlaxoSmithKline to develop uh, designer drugs that were resveratrol plus, but it kind of crashed and burned. Mm. Uh, He's a longevity researcher. And um, so the latest study suggests that alcohol isn't very good for the heart. It's not. I've talked about this on podcasts too, about heart, but even more recently on brain 
It can it increase. Can age your brain. Shrinks your brain. Yes. Uh, shrinks the brain. Right. Having more than a couple of drinks a day can age your brain right. by two years. So I, you know, I wouldn't. I mean, there are actually doctors who used to say, "Oh, you know, you you have heart disease. Start drinking red wine." Yeah. Probably not a good idea. No. And if you drink, yeah. You know, look, drinking is okay in moderation. Sure. But you know, it's not something to be encouraged. No. And I worry about the kids, yeah. what they've done to their bodies and their brains. By binge drinking. By binge drinking, yeah. I mean, there's so much... Bit, look at one. spring break. Yeah. So, okay, so that's, you know, coffee is okay. Uh, alcohol is not okay. Eggs, mm -hmm. uh, beneficial. Uh, it turns out eggs counteract metabolic syndrome. Mm. We could have said that. We've been saying that for 20 years. Yeah. But I think the primary reason for that is breakfast. Yes, right? breakfast. Because when do people consume eggs? Mostly breakfast. breakfast. Yeah. And so... If you have a choice between eggs or like a cold cereal with mm -hmm. skim milk or a bagel or yeah. a croissant or a donut. Pain de chocolate. It's much preferable to have eggs. Yes, absolutely. And from from a eggs. metabolic syndrome standpoint, mm -hmm. from a blood sugar control standpoint. Mm -hmm. And the cholesterol in eggs is not very material to your blood cholesterol. Yes, because it, our livers make 80% of the cholesterol right. we need. There was a case study of some guy who had some phenomenal number of eggs per day. He was like uh, schizophrenic and he had this thing about eating eggs. And then they checked his cholesterol. His cholesterol was like 175. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. I mean, he was a case study in some, I don't know, he was like consuming like, you know, 25 eggs a day. You yeah. Know, something like that. And uh, he, he did fine. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Alcohol is bad. Let me get back to that for a minute sure. because I just did... A, a very interesting. It was not. But you did a podcast on it. I did a podcast, I, and I got some remarks on it too. People found it interesting. They passed it on to other people to listen to. That it can just that small amount of drinking, that one drink a day or more than one drink a day, it could be two. Uh, that it could age your brain by as much as two years. So it really now is bringing the question to people who imbibe it all. And listen. I've had teetotalers ask me, should I start drinking yeah. red wine because yeah. it's part of a Mediterranean diet? No. no. If you don't drink, don't start. Just right. don't start. Right. And no, it's not better for you. It's still a neurotoxin. Yeah. That's the bottom line. It's yeah. still a neurotoxin. Yeah. But it can also be toxic to the heart because there can be more AFib, atrial fibrillation. Uh, certainly, yes. There could be ab other abnormal heart rhythm problems mm -hmm. with uh, the consumption of alcohol. No, 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 don't start. Yep. It's an insulin trigger. It demands to be metabolized first, just like sugar demands to be metabolized first. So a lot of people are choosing between their dessert or their alcoholic right. beverage. And, you know, they were both kind of operating the same but, way. But it's okay. Body. I had a couple of prickly pear margaritas when I was in Arizona. Right. Yes, after a long bike ride, sure. You're on vacation. <laughs> on vacation, hey, all things can go. I, I had, I had two rounds of prickly pear uh, margaritas uh -huh. one night, but I uh -huh. paid it forward. I had a big big bike ride that day. There you go. Good, 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 good. <laughs> there you go. So okay. anyway, let's get to questions. A reminder, radio program at mm -hmm. AOL.com is the destination for questions. Okay. What's, what's up? So we have a question from Sylvia here. Inflammation is at the root of many chronic diseases. There are many drugs and herbs that will assist in reducing inflammation. However, they cannot be taken with blood thinning drugs. Where does that leave someone on blood thinners? Any suggestions? Yes, they can. Uh, powerful anti-inflammatories like curcumin, mm -hmm. boswellian, yeah. fish oil in, in reasonable amounts mm -hmm. can be taken right. even if you're taking blood thinning right. medication. Sure. And those are the primary 
three. You know, they, I think they've, they've done some so. studies uh, which suggest that even if you're taking a blood thinner, that uh, episodes of pathological bleeding, which are quite common when people are on blood thinners, maybe even slightly reduced when people take fish oil. Mm. So that it, I mean, you would think it, it has an additive effect, but it may have a, a synergistic effect and somehow reduce the incidence of bad episodes of bleeding. Now, results may vary. I think people have different susceptibilities to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain genetic conditions like von Willebrand syndrome, which is a uh, bleeding tendency, mm-hmm. makes people bleed more easily, where they're very sensitive to the effects of these things. So, uh, case in point, I had a woman who uh, put on fish oil, and she said she went to Mexico, and she had a minor fall, but she said her leg got all swollen up, and it was all, I saw it, it was all, you know, the multicolor appearance of a bruise that's wow. aging. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I said, you know, that's peculiar, because I just gave you fish oil. You're not taking aspirin, you're not taking other, you know, just fish oil. Well, sure enough, she was of Eastern European background, Ashkenazic Jew, uh-huh. where there's a high prevalence of this uh, von Willebrand syndrome. Wow. And you know, we tested for it. It's, it's, you can actually test for the presence of that. And I said, you know, maybe fish oil's not for you. Hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Von Willebrand syndrome. Is that like on the way to hemophilia? It, it is, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a different factor. It's a mm-hmm. clotting factor that people mm-hmm. are missing. And so it, uh, it's not as dangerous as hemophilia. It sometimes comes up as a problem around surgery. Mm. You know, is that these people are bleeders. Yeah. So the yeah. surgeons have to take special precautions when they're operating on someone with this condition. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that question, Sylvia. We've got one from Ron. No, from John. Okay. Sorry. Dr. Hoffman from John. My wife listens to your Saturday morning radio show most Saturdays and suggested I contact you with my question. I'm a paraplegic and have been for seven years. My problem is that I have a significant nerve pain in my bottom caused by sitting all day. Oh. I've heard you speak on several occasions about CBD oils being used for multiple things. I was wondering if you have knowledge of it being used. But it, lessen- it's a specific instance, yeah. and it, it could be helpful. Mm. It wouldn't hurt to try, mm-hmm. but typically for that kind of nerve pain, medications like Neurontin yeah. uh, or Gabapentin, yeah. the, the uh, generic or Lyrica are sometimes used for the nerve pain. Well, I mean, what, 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 if, what about something like alpha-lipoic acid? Or no, but that's uh, that uh, more specifically for diabetes. I see. Yeah. Okay. That, Not that, necessarily for the for diabetic nerve pain. Nerve pain. Okay. Um, you know, I, I guess it's, it, it wouldn't hurt, but I, I don't think it's specifically targeted to that kind of nerve pain. I see. Which is caused by, in effect, that's like... Uh, prolonged sitting, the pressure on the nerves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, okay. All right. John, we hope you feel better soon. Okay. Uh, let's see here from Nicole. Greetings, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. How can one heal the ileocecal valve, the ICV, we'll call it from now on? I've been suffering from lower back pain and spine pain, ringing in my ears, and pain of the, ile- of the ICV. It feels like my stomach muscles and back muscles are very weak. This all happened after eating sourdough bread. Okay. Well... And I believe I have a gluten issue. Okay. So what we've got here is we've got the chiropractic paradigm, yeah. which is about the um, utilizing the spine and, I guess, certain pressure points 
to alleviate nerve blockages and promote optimal nerve simulation. I hope I'm not misrepresenting the chiropractic viewpoint for all our chiropractors listening there. And one maneuver to alleviate digestive problems is to uh, manipulate the ileocecal valve. And I've had it done for me. It's like a little pressure on the right lower quadrant of uh-huh. your, uh, you know, above your, your hip, above your groin, mm-hmm. that low place where the large intestine uh, joins the small intestine. Mm-hmm. And the notion is that if the valve is not functioning properly, you're going to have digestive distress. And uh, functionally, what the ileocecal valve does, it's a valve that keeps the... The, uh, the contents the, from the large bowel out of the small Exactly, the, the exactly. Small intestine. So it, it's sort of like yeah. the, um, the toll gate, mm-hmm. as, if you will, between those two regions. Mm-hmm. And classically, it's thought that the large intestine is the repository for the microbiome. And the small intestine, while it has some bacteria, has far fewer by a factor of, you know, many many, many fold yeah. lower bacteria. But when the, the content of the large intestine refluxes upwards into the small intestine, it causes SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, yes. which can be a cause of diarrhea, gas, and bloating. Yeah. So uh, you, the, the chiropractor is working on it mechanically. Mm-hmm. If that's really a problem, I would work on it nutritionally you yes. know, with a low FODMAP diet. Right. Or Definitely gluten-free, which is... Gluten is a FODMAP, so... Or certain botanicals yeah, to yeah. reduce the population of bacteria in the small mm-hmm. intestine. Because Nicole says my holistic chiropractor diagnosed me with this and manipulated mm-hmm. my ICV with massage, but it keeps coming back. Well, but, you know, and then she says it works worse with sourdough bread. Well, what do you say to that? Yeah, well, sourdough bread is gluten, and it's probably not... It could it's, def- absolutely, it's, it's a It's fermented. It's fermented. And yeah. it's... Uh, you know, that could certainly be, a, it's a carbohydrate, yeah. which yeah. is a FODMAP. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fructan, mm-hmm. which is the F in, in FODMAP. Yeah. And so by it's avoiding also, that. the F is for right. fermentable. Now, yeah, but. is it possible that these, these musculoskeletal problems are related to the microbiome or the ileocecal valve? I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, other stuff happens in a body right. that's experiencing distress. Yeah. So Nicole would would benefit from, you know, a nutritional a component. And, yeah. and many uh, chiropractors incorporate a nutritional approach. They're nutritionally True. oriented. They they get a heck of a lot more nutrition in their study than, than doctors than MDs. Than MDs yeah. You know, right. there's a big emphasis on nutritional science mm-hmm. in chiropractic mm-hmm. in chiropractic it colleges. It is holistic, right, right? So it's not just about manipulation. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, you may need a workup, and yeah, it could be about your gut. Maybe you do have SIBO, or maybe you have candida, or maybe you yep. have other issues that need to be addressed. By the way, on the subject of candida, you know, again, to digress, which I frequently do, I hope you don't mind, but there was an interesting study that I saw recently about inflammatory bowel disease, mm-hmm. and what it said was that a certain strain of candida albicans uh but not every candidate. It's a, a sub-strain of it. Of albicans. Of, huh. Was very much associated with ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease. Mm. Interesting. And so, kind of comes back to what we were saying 25 years ago, 30 years, years ago, ago you know, yeah. which is the yeast connection. It is. And it's, it's plausible for many of these conditions to try a low 
carbohydrate diet, more yes. sugar diet, a candida diet, a candida diet, and or antifungals, either natural antifungals, yes, like oregano mm-hmm. and podarco mm-hmm. and innumerable plant yes. compounds, golden seal even, uh, all kinds peppermint, of peppermint, mm-hmm. uh, but also. Of maybe some medication, a trial of medication. Sure. You know, which, uh, nystatin, uh, fluconazole. Yes. Or something like that. I remember nystatin, nizarel. Yep. Nizarel. When we, before we had fluconazole, we were using yes. a lot of nizarel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, there it all kind of comes full circle. You know, it's, it's like Candida isn't in vogue anymore, so now it's called... SIBO. It may be, yes, now it's called SIBO. Or dysbiosis. Dysbiosis is the big one. But That's a big one. Yeah. You know, we have to keep in mind that there's a microbiome, mm-hmm. uh, and there's also a, a, there's a, um, a, a fungal population that's yes. part of that, you know. A mycobiome. Mycobiome. Right. Yep, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. term. And then there's a viriome, yes. which is that there are certain viruses that mm-hmm. coexist and that they're not all of them are pathogenic. You know, we tend to go, oh my God, it's a right. virus, but they're actually, we have uh, deal with millions of viruses that are in our system as part of an, a balanced ecosystem. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And they're supposed to be there. Yeah. It's not about wiping them out. Yep. So, okay. Moving on, we've got a question from Cindy. Uh, Dr. Hoffman, my GP is wanting to put me on a statin. I would very much value your comments. So Cindy has a total cholesterol of 293 with her LDL being high at 194. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, right there is like guideline state. You must lower right. that cholesterol. But get this, her HDL is an 82. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And her triglycerides are a 68. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Cindy says, I had an EBT heart scan a year ago, and I have zero plaque, but right. I have a family history of heart attack. My mm-hmm. mother and my brother. Mm-hmm. I'm 64. Mm-hmm. I'm 5'5 five, five and 140 pounds. That's pretty good, Cindy. Mm-hmm. And my husband's suggesting I talk to others about trying diet well, first. Okay, so I don't want to do a... Because this is, would be like yeah. an in-person consultation. But right. i got to say that that's, there's a good case for not administering a statin. I mean, on yeah. the one hand, numerically, the, the, the cholesterol is high and the LDL is high. But that's why the guidelines have to be more flexible. Exactly. And the guidelines have to be more nuanced. And actually, a new study came out that says that the benefits of using uh, cholesterol-lowering medication are virtually negligible in people who have zero plaque. Mm. So uh, I, my tendency would be to say, you don't need it. Yeah. Uh, notwithstanding the family history, because family history means you have the familial predisposition, which you may escape. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of people who have, you know, uh, 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 brunette parents with brown eyes and they, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they have blue eyes and blonde hair. You know, so yes. you get different, uh, assortments of your genes that sometimes you elude the risk of that's familial. There's not, nothing that's 100%. I have a great case to yeah. to to put that into yeah. to give it. I had recently a patient who is 102 years old, and both of her parents died fairly young in their 50s and 60s from heart disease. Mm-hmm. Her, uh, uh-uh, uh, she's mm-hmm. 102. Right. Yeah, she's going to be 103 now, next month. Do you, does she have a high cholesterol? Mm-mm. She's she, actually okay. It's not pretty bad. pretty okay. Yeah. But what we do see a lot of is mm-hmm. we do see a lot of especially women mm-hmm. who are 70, 80, 90. With a rip roar in high cholesterol. Yeah. And no plaque. Yes, no plaque. Especially when the HDL is like 80, 90. Yes. Yeah. Nice big garbage or truck. Or over 100. Speed. Yeah. 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 So that's I have a patient with an HDL of 125. 
Now, I have heard... HDL isn't always protected. Exactly. It, yeah. You can't simply rely on it. Exactly. Yeah. There's the sort of the good HDL and the not-so-good HDL. The not-so-good yeah. HDL, and, and there may be another reason for HDL but being that high. It may be due to it, toxic exposure. It's not... Is another theory of thyroid. HDL. It's not the only thyroid game in town, is, because you know if the person has a lot of inflammation or a high LP little a or a... Uh, insulin resistance and, and a elevated hemoglobin A1C, those yeah. militate towards cardiovascular risk. Yes. And are they sedentary? Are they, have they been a smoker? Yeah, all these things kind of you know, go mm -hmm. into it. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, so good point in which to pause because mm -hmm. we uh, divide our podcast into two parts. Those of you who are familiar with the podcast know that. So uh, flip it over to side B and listen to part two and give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two. We're going to talk about, I recently had a tripping accident and I fractured a bone in my elbow. What do you think about Arnica gel? Okay. Talk about Arnica yeah. when we return. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today with Layla Mutant, it's our weekly Q&A with Layla. You can submit a question via radio program at AOL.com. Don't forget that sale at full script if you're listening to this on the 30th. That's the last day of our sale for our supplement inventory. We'll be back to more of our weekly Q&A.